It's the Chris Grace Show. I'm your host, Chris Grace, and uh, I am so exhausted. I'm cutting out all the music, all the posts to get you this episode as quickly as possible. <laughs> Who likes to justify his laziness? Uh, I just got back from Houston, Texas, where I did the Riot Comedy Festival. And today's episode is with the organizer, founder, owner of the Riot Comedy Festival. His name is Brian Gendron. And uh, I think he's a very interesting dude. He's obviously a very effective uh, entrepreneur. And we talk about how he went from being a guy who worked at a fitness company to being a comedian to running really one of the best festivals that I've been to. And uh, I got a chance to talk with him on the last day of the festival, which was yesterday, Sunday, uh, in his office uh, at Rudyard's in Houston, Texas, where the Riot Comedy Festival was happening and also where his Riot Comedy shows happen every week in Houston, Texas. I'm like so uh, I'm I'm one of those like uh, modes of uh, like a walking zombie right now. I did eight sets of comedy in four days which uh sounds like a dream i guess and it feels like a dream so uh, i'll give you a little update on how the festival went after the interview but in the meantime enjoy my interview with brian gendron all right we're here with brian gendron you are the owner creator founder of riot comedy all those things yeah all those things how long has riot been around uh, we're about to hit our three-year. Technically, we 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 were sp- our first show was supposed to be March sixteenth, twenty twenty. Whoa! We were gonna in Houston. That was almost gonna be possible until the day of. And right. Then, and then they pulled the plug on the world, and we popped one off in July, early July of twenty twenty. Okay. And then they shut us down again. <laughs> right. And, and then we came back September. I think it was September seventh. But with Ralph Barbosa, by the way, who's absolutely blown up, was on that show. One of oh, our awesome. First shows. And then uh, we haven't stopped since. And have you guys always lived here at Rudyard's? We're in the uh, second floor of Rudyard's here in Houston, Texas, in yeah, Montrose. Right. This is this is uh, our where we started. This is where I started. Mm-hmm. So it's very serendipitous like that. That's my first place doing comedy. They, they have an open mic here on Monday. It's been, been run for over a decade. And uh, we're here, and we also have a room in Katy now. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. So you started right like in this building doing open mics. Yeah, almost four years to the day. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Right. Yeah. Uh, so we are at the Riot Comedy Festival. This is the first one ever. Inaugural. Dude, this is crazy. Like, I, So I've been at a fair number of festivals this last year, yeah. and I don't think any of them has had this vibe of we shut down the street, we got tables, people are hanging around, we can buy vintage clothing. Yeah. Uh, like it's been a really cool, that feeling of being able to walk around and just hang out. Yeah. I, I think is really special for festivals that I there hasn't been that much of that feeling at other ones. It's pretty neat to watch this vision of mine come together. And, and I, I, I think I told you yesterday I was inspired by Luis J. Gomez's skank fest. He did skank fest South here in, in, in Houston, mm. November of 21, I believe with the secret group. And they had done this, this carnival style festival. And I had, I had gone across the country. Like you said, going to like you went to festivals uh, all last year trying to see what makes a good festival. And it just kept going back to that skank fest uh, carnival feel was, was the vibe that we were looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it, it allows uh, fans and, and comedians to connect in a real intimate and fun way. So, yeah. There's a lot of, you know, you do a show, you kind of hang around, you go get a slice of pizza or something, and then the people from your show are hanging out too, mm-hmm. telling you which uh, old North Face uh, jackets to buy from uh, the vintage store. <laughs> yeah. 
And of course, we set up a, a lot of vendors and, and really one of the things that I think we find in Houston, of course, we have our, our rodeo, which is a massive mega month long event. But we don't have enough, in my opinion, of these types of carnival festival type things going on in our city for, for the size of the city. Yeah. When I was growing up, we had the International Festival. Do we still have that here? You know, if, if we do, I haven't attended it. That was the kind of thing every year they'd be like, this year it's Japan. And they'd have like performances and stuff like that. Sure. But a yeah. lot of that downtown feel where they, over the years that Houston has tried to people to come, to go downtown and like, go hang out downtown. Never it never takes. It never <laughs> takes. I was actually thinking this morning, I'm like, man, what if next, you know, in a couple of years we partner downtown with like the Wortham Theater or something. We, we start doing it down there. And I'm like, it's just, but downtown just never works. Yeah. Because people just want to work down there and leave at five o'clock. That's it. It's a commuter city. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. No. So um, that's been part of our strategy. So our, our second room that we opened is in Katy, which is in the suburbs, which is where the people are. And, right. and, and uh, I think that's going to be very successful because that's where everybody lives. And once they leave the city, they don't really want to come back in. So, yeah. yeah. So this festival, for, especially for a first one, seems so overwhelming in terms of ambition. <laughs> like I was my sister was here yesterday to see shows. She was like she thought the whole setup was great and everything. And she was like, where do they get this inflated astronaut? In front of the main tent, because you have set up a tent stage across from Rudyard's that seats like 500 or something like that. But there's a gigantic inflated astronaut in front of it. No, tent's <laughs> not the right word. And, and, and I say that not to, not to criticize yeah, you, yeah. but because we were trying to sell my vision for months. Right. You know, every, every show we would have here in the room, we'd be like, hey, we have this comedy festival coming on. We have a tent going across the street. But it's a building. Like, it's got yeah. doors. It's got it's climate control. It's got AC. And so, anyway, sorry. That's a, that's a distinction that I'm trying to figure out how to market. And how to say it. Yeah. yeah, next year we're going to have video, so now we can actually demonstrate and right. show. So it becomes, more comes to life when we, yeah. we promote. Okay, but more importantly, where'd you buy that inflated so, guy from? <laughs> yeah, so that's, the idea was, the, the initial idea, honestly, we have a billboard, literally a billboard size um, uh uh, on the side of the building with Jeremiah Watkins. With Jeremiah Watkins. Yeah, it's yeah, great. Yeah. I mean, even because I've made signage for things before too, and I'm like, that stuff's not cheap. No, it ain't. No. <laughs> and, we, and we strategically made that that size so we can put it on the highway next year if we want to do that. Awesome. And so we were going to have that billboard, and then we we're going to have this inflatable astronaut for about a month before the festival. We we're going to put the astronaut on the roof so nobody can mess with it. Okay. But what happens is um, you're not supposed to use those inflatables unless if, if there's ten higher than ten mile an hour winds. In Houston, okay. Texas, there is 10 mile an hour winds every single day of the year. I right. had no idea. <laughs> so uh, Chicago's the windy city. I don't know. Maybe Houston is. But we uh, so we had to scrap that idea. Uh-huh. Uh, but but uh, to your question, uh, was we put it on the ground. And yeah. your question, where do you get it? I have a friend of mine here in Houston. Uh, I kind of I'm in the entrepreneur circles here, and she does a, a company called Medical Inflatables, and they do just like big giant inflatable organs. And I look and I was thinking I had this idea we would do organs this. like. Human organs? Human organs, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's like a niche that she plays, okay. you know, for, for events across the country or across the world even. She she supplies these things. Wow. And uh, and I had this vision. We would have this astronaut on the roof and all that stuff. And I was in a cycle class, and there she was. And I was like, hey, you do inflatables, right? And I'm like, hey, I was, I was thinking about getting this thing. And she's like, yeah, I'll, 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 you know, I can get it to you for my cost. And don't ask me what that cost is because yeah, yeah. <sighs> you, you don't want to think about it. <laughs> a 30-foot 30, 30 astronaut is uh, – uh, inflatable astronauts very expensive yeah yeah uh, custom design yeah uh but that's so anyway that, that's how it kind of all came I did, together I, that's the thing is it's a like you can look at it and see that it's the the design like it's it's our logo yeah it's like cut to or whatever stitched to the exact it's, logo it's a, size so just because this is auto you can't see it right uh the, he's holding the texas flag the texas flag is on a it's on a flagpole that's also the mic stand yeah 
He's holding up the 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 Houston horns, the the H down, you know, the 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 index finger and the the pinkies up right and you can't see it because it's pressed up against the tent but he's got this backpack uh, and (laughs) also has a big version of our logo on the back of that yeah Yeah. we're gonna at the 10 year anniversary of this festival we're gonna think back about like the first year that you had this astronaut in the front well hopefully he's i mean that's gonna be on the books for the next three years i have to depreciate that thing yeah yeah, hopefully he lives that it lives to be 10 he's gonna be in front of the doritos cool ranch stage at the uh 10th (laughs) annual riot comedy festival you know we're gonna be opening more clubs and stuff and and you know we'll use it for grand openings just you know to be to catch people's attention yeah and then if someone has a strike you put in front of their building (laughs) nasa has a strike you put the astronaut down there um so yes, yeah, so you're into. I feel like you're a person that might have a lot. Like you've got a you've got a woman for the uh, organ inflation thing. Like I feel like you have a lot of. I got a guy for like a lot of different things. Kind of. I'm starting. You know, you're starting to collect those over time. I think. Yeah. yeah. Your references and you. So, what other entrepreneurial things have you attempted before? Attempted. I like that. What, what, what do you fail that before? Like do you uh, you go like, like a lot of like a hey I got I'm in a morning mastermind seven a.m. breakfast. I've got some of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Going yeah. On. Uh, yeah. You, yeah. You got me right. Um, yeah. So. Uh, and it, my initial launch in entrepreneurship was with my father. He created a, a driveway rake, and I helped him sell that across the country. Got a okay. bunch of scholarships, and and that was when I was like eighteen, right? Oh, nice! He helped me get some things, uh, scholarships to college. It's like a little junior achievement type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. within the family, and and then and then my, my I went dormant. Like I just kind of went and did the straight, like get a desk job and work mm. for corporate and all that stuff, and was miserable and 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 just kind of I had all these entrepreneurial skills, but just kind of let them lay rest, and then. My wife started her chiropractic clinic mm-hmm. and I helped her start a second one. And I'm like, okay, let's keep these going. Let's, let's put them all over Houston. Right. And she had no interest in that. She wanted just like her one clinic. So I got, I got to have a little more taste of it. Mm-hmm. And also the company I was working with, they let me start a division. So I got to be an entrepreneur in some ways. Okay. Oh, nice. I haven't heard that term, but inside, yeah. inside a company you have an yeah. Ind- independence. Yeah, right, right. Exactly. And then getting that taste of that independence, I was like, man, why wouldn't I just do this on my own? I just did it for these guys. And yeah. so I started a tech company, a consulting business, which I still own. I've uh, got a few clients, but for the most part, I've, I've shifted and transitioned completely into comedy. Wow. So it sounds like you're the kind of person that you're never going to be happy again if you have a boss. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny you say that. I have a, I actually have a corporate job. Uh-huh. Uh, I work at Lifetime Fitness. I'm a fitness instructor. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And I do have a boss there, and, and she's a nice person, but I just I, – I, I can't have a boss. Right, right, right. It's, 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 it's part of my personality. You can't have that, like, you're at the desk, you check your emails, you got to go to a meeting for three hours kind of thing. Yeah, mandatory trainings and stuff. It just, ew, yeah, 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 yeah. So you're an instructor, a fitness instructor. You, am, for the audio listener, Brian's in very good shape. He and I are almost like mirror images. We're identical, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> must, do, must do the same workout routine. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so what gave you that bug to start trying comedy? Wow. Yeah. So uh, it's a, I'll try to give it a short version of the story as I can. But a, 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 a coworker of mine, his son uh, used to help me with events. So this is kind of neat because I used to do events for that company, too. So oh, okay. that's where some of this experience with the festival comes from. Yeah. Nothing to this magnitude. But uh, he would help me. He, his son would help me set up the events and help us with various things around the office. And he's a high school kid. And, uh, and then later, uh, a couple years later, uh, he, his dad came to me with a comedy poster and he's like, Hey, uh, my son has started doing stand up comedy and he's starting to have a little success. We're really excited for him. 
And I was like, wow, I didn't even know you could you could do that. I didn't, <laughs> and I was like, he did it. And by the way, uh, just, like, he's not funny. No, <laughs> no, 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 he's not. No, he's just a quiet kid. He's, he's always <laughs> listening to the Rockets games on his head. He doesn't, and, that, and then and here's what's even more fun. That, uh, that, that comic is Grady Pruitt. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and Grady Pruitt's on the festival, right? That's hilarious. Uh, so what happened was Grady started having some success. He, he won the funniest comic in, funniest, yeah, FCIT, funniest comic in Texas, which is put on by the Improvs. And I'm just like, wait a minute. If he, that kid could do that, I certainly could do that. Yeah. And then uh, I had my second son, and uh, I needed to get out of the house. <laughs> okay. And I learned that Grady was doing open mics here, and I'd, I'd come check it out a few times, you know, support Grady. And I was like, man, why don't I just do this on Monday nights? It'll be a Monday night thing. Get me out of the house. Don't have to be around the crying kid. And I'll, I, I can walk here. I live right down the street, mm -hmm. and that'll just be my Monday night thing. You come, right? You know this. Or, or, I don't know if your experience was similar, but, uh, you know, I've Two minutes. Yeah, I also knew Grady Pruitt, and I was like, if, he, if Grady can do it. Yeah, if Grady can do it, surely yeah. I can. Yeah, so, well, you were from Houston, so it could have happened. Yeah, it could have. Uh, but no, uh, so I, I, two minutes of bombing, right? And right. then and then I got the laugh, and then I got another laugh, and you got that validation. I'm like, ooh, I immediately called Grady, and I was like, where do I do this tomorrow night? Oh, my God, you got the drug yes. in you. <laughs> yeah. and, and I should also say I had, I had quit drinking at that point, too. Okay. Yeah, it had actually been almost exactly 90 days. Was, okay. Feeling pretty dried out. You so know? you had something to apply the uh, the mechanism to. <laughs> whatever it is that, yeah, whatever it is going on in, in my head, uh, this this seemed to fill that void. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, there's some people who approach the. I I remember Louis Anderson taught a stand up class, and his thing was Louis Anderson taught stand up. I I didn't take the class, but I saw some clips of it, and he was saying, uh, you know, in in the 12 step world there's i think there's a thing of like going to 90 meetings in 90 days or something like that and he was like you should do 90 open mics in 90 days so that's what i did I <laughs> that's mean, crazy I, yeah. that's literally what i did and i haven't drank since which is, uh, so comedy has become sort of my bottle i suppose in some ways and yeah um, and yeah so then but, i mean look what it's created it's just, this is i mean i it's hard i know that if you're y'all are listening you can't get a sense of it but i've been to a lot of festivals over the last few years and they really vary in terms of what they're good at and what they're not good at. And the, I've started to just temper my expectations going to the festivals. Cause it's like, there are festivals that you go to honestly, where you're there for four days, you get there, you get one six minute set. Maybe there's a contest maybe you'll get another set. Maybe you get one more. But when we were, when we were getting the booking emails for this, I was like, Oh, I have like five sets in three days. Like I don't, the contest part is cool. But everybody that's a comic that's been selected for this festival, we all got like four or five or six sets. It and it, that that is a huge thing that makes it worth it for the comics to come travel here. Well, that's maybe uh, something um, as a comic myself. Uh, I you know I I know having been on the other side like you yeah. of going to those festivals and being so disappointed that I get two seven minute spots. Right, and then also hearing feedback when I would go to those festivals across the country to do my research from other comics, being like, "Hey, look, like." You know, this is great, but like I've the spots are only X amount of time or there's only X amount of spots. So I'm like, look, 10 minutes, everybody gets at least 10 mm -hmm. and everybody gets at least five. Uh, and then that. And yeah, that's that's I thought it was fair. I, I think that's a big distinction from a lot of other festivals. Mm -hmm. um, but you also made a good point yesterday when we were talking that you actually sort of would find a good thing about each thing you went Even to. The worst of the worst, which I won't call out any specifically, but they all have something. Right. They all have something that they do well. Yeah. And uh, and so I, I was able to all through I think I went to five 
festivals last year and you know just kind of with my eyes open for the in, in, in hopes that i would you know learn to what we could do here yeah and yeah i found something from every single one yeah even the worst ones so will you do like a little post-mortem with your team uh oh, and yeah. sort of talk about it's already on the calendar things to there's, there's two things we're gonna do uh one thing is is the post-mortem which is on wednesday uh meeting with the venue meeting with my team making sure we, we dump everything that went well everything that didn't go well mm-hmm. any cha- immediate changes we can think of now are you a good boss if i come to that meeting yeah. i can say truly whatever i felt didn't go well or went well. Yeah, you know, people can people speak freely to you about yeah. yeah. Even think, if I, I work we, for you, you know, you. Know. I think we have that trust yeah. in, the, in the team. I would do another interview with the uh, the workers, and they're like, yeah. "No, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think we do." Because you want that, like in that post mortem, you want everyone to be able to say what they really. Yeah, and you have to create that environment. Yeah, you know, you have to create that that open environment, not just you know all the time, but also specifically for that. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be like, "Hey, Brian, you suck." Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. great open door policy. Love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, open door policies. It would certainly, but I mean, yeah, but you, in, even in that specific environment, you want to make sure that everybody you you. you um, I think doing that leading with vulnerability is a great way to do that. Yeah. You know, talking about where, where maybe you went where you fell short and then they kind of might feel um, more willing to share. But I think the team, the team is uh, so invested uh, and in this brand and what we're doing that I I think that they all just wanted to succeed. So I think they will be open. Yeah. Um, So now that we're near, we're on the last day of the festival, was it pretty close to your vision? It was. Yeah. Yeah. Remarkably. Yes. Uh, now finances, uh, I, you know, people always say you're gonna lose money on your first fest. Right. Uh, I didn't know it was to be the, of that magnitude. <laughs> okay. Uh, we, took, we took a pretty hard swing on like the last week. Like I had a, I had a, a to give you an example, and this is even, this is one of many. Uh, I had a 10 K sponsor fall off. Oh, and I had a 10 K need to invest in uh in air conditioning for the tent that i didn't have on my gotcha. on, my, on my plants because i walked into the tent on wednesday when we had it set up and i'm like we cannot have 500 people in here right. and have it be this temperature with 85 degrees outside right right so then you're writing a check for 10k to carrier or wherever <laughs> because it goes into our philosophy as at the riot which is um audience experience is 1a comics experience is one B. Right. And if we screw up either of those, or let's, let's, let's not go that way. We have to get both of those right. And if we get everything else underneath that falls into place, yeah, that would have been a big miss on one A, audience experience. And right. people might not have been as comfortable. Which is going to affect one B. And one B, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which, it all relates, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that, that the team, if you ask the team, they all tell you that they all, that, that that's ingrained in our culture, one A, one B. And then I have a one C is take care of each other, take care of your employees and staff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like you don't want to have an item two on this list, but uh. <laughs> yeah, there's, I don't even know what number two is. <laughs> uh, yeah. How big is your team now? Uh, so I have uh, three full time, about to be four full time. Wow. That's, yeah. that's amazing. Uh, five if you count myself. I got five on payroll. Wow. That's great. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and you know, I've done produced stuff before and uh, there's always that interesting feeling when you are, when you make something, other people are like, they're getting income from it and it's, there's a feeling of like, it all came from your brain. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of strange. I mean, it's cool, but it's also surreal sometimes because sometimes it almost feels bigger than you at a certain point. I agree. Um, and I had a moment last night where I was staring up at the, the tent. We have a 20-foot banner over the over the tent stage. It says The Riot. And I was yes. like, I, I made that that logo. Yeah. yeah. And there it is. And there's 500 people in here like looking at that logo I'm like, yeah I, I started that two years like not knowing what i was doing or where it would go and, and well actually i will say it's also kind of ballsy because you were what two years into comedy at that point um i was gonna say it's kind of ballsy because you're 
relatively early in a comedy at that point to be like, hey, I'm starting a, like essentially a production company and a festival and all like, that. But you didn't know that at the time, right? So at the time yeah. you were just like, I just want to do some shows and I want to put a brand brand on it. I want to perform. Yeah. And you got to, it's hard to get stage time. Right. And you, if you start your own, then you have this currency where you put people on their yeah. show and, and yeah, that's how, that's how it all starts. And then I know, but like lots of comics do that and it doesn't turn into this. <laughs> yeah, well, th- because I've got a, I've got a very special set of skills. <laughs> right, right. No, I, uh, you're so, an assassin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just, you know, I'm, it's, and on, the, the, the three things that I'm passionate about, uh, and then took me, I had to almost get to 40 to be like, Oh, these are the things, but mm-hmm. comedy, entrepreneurship and fitness and health. Mm-hmm. And it, that, that's basically my, my whole life family, I should say. Right. right. So if you, you take all those things, if it's not in those buckets, I kind of don't do it. Yeah. That's why you made all the comics run three miles on treadmills before <laughs> their sets. I, was, I would. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I mean, next year you should have a set show where the comics do their whole set on a treadmill. <laughs> we should incorporate fitness somehow, but, but it is funny you say that, uh, the, you stay in the double tree or you stay somewhere? I stay in my sister's. Right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So uh, we put everybody up at the Double Tree, right across the street is where I work at Lifetime Fitness. Uh-huh. And normally I put comics there, and I always say the headliners. I'm like, if you guys want to go over to Lifetime, um, you know, you're my guest. Right. Uh, who's taking me up on it? Matt Rife, Ian Lara, who's on the festival, uh-huh. uh, uh, Rich Voss. I told him I told him he was my grandfather when I went. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, Nori Davis got a massage, and st- but he's still on. Right. There. So some every now and again somebody takes. So me four up out of out of yeah out of hundred <laughs> right yeah, hundred something yeah right very few comics not a big yeah. overlap between uh, fitness and fitness comedy, and comedy. <laughs> <laughs> except for, I guess you're at the sliver of that Venn yeah. diagram. There's a few of us yeah yeah. Uh, the jocks the jocks of uh, comedy uh, yeah (laughs) Yeah. but so you have those skills and you applied it to this you started producing your own show as a way of giving yourself time um and also like you said you can also get time on other things you know and also in a scene like like what did the comedy scene in houston look like when you started those shows yeah good question so um it's some somewhat segregated and cohesive at the same time. So we have like the the, the secret group. You should clarify what you mean by segregated because yeah, <laughs> it is I, Texas. Well, well, yeah, not, not <laughs> no, segregated. No, no. Such, just you know, no, no but they're little bubbles, clicky right? Clicky and yeah. bubble. Yeah, not necessarily by race or anything. We don't, we don't sort our comics, <laughs> right? You know, but there's not. Um, there's there's really very few comedy clubs, which is why we can exist in in this major metropolitan market. I mean, it's such a gigantic, I grew up here and it's a gigantic city, millions of people. And through my whole life, it's actually been, I've seen people try to build culture here and it's been hard. Like it never felt like it had as much culture as it should have for as many people. Right before, what years were you here? Uh, Like uh, up until the nineties when I went to college. That's when things kind of started to fall because it was at one time the third coast of comedy. Yeah, yeah. This is where this you is like go the uh, Bill Hicks days and Sam yeah, Kinison and all Kinison that. Sam Kinison himself to a cross. I think Janine Garofalo was down here. Garofalo. Or I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, man. And this used to be where you go to get good before you went to the ma- the major right. market. This is the place, right? Um, and then that that went that 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 whittled down to like the improv and Sherlock's at one point. Like almost it almost died. Like uh-huh. it got that bad. And then they worked their way back up, and this is before I was involved, right? But right. then eventually they got to where the where a couple comics formed the secret group. So they, they they started reverse of what I did. They had a festival come and take it festival, and then that moved that that moved into a club. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that more or less when I got here, that was the place. Mm-hmm. Like seven nights a week and shows and produce shows and stuff. And then there's brewery shows, uh, you know, independent shows. It's all DIY, pretty yeah. much in the scene. 
So there was really a need, not just a need for this for the scene, but also for this community. Like the people, everybody ubiquitously loves comedy. You ask them, I, I survey people. That's what, in fact, one of our early strategies was hitting people up on social media on, on Instagram to try to get followers mm-hmm. and just asking them, hey, do you love stand-up comedy? Just baiting them with that question. If yeah. they do, hey, come check out our show. Everybody says yes. Yeah. Everybody. So how is there, in a, in a market where there's 6 million people total, more than 6 million, how is there only two clubs, the improv and secret group? Right. So there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a hole there. And then there still is. There's, there we, I believe we can have two more clubs, and that's what we're working on. Yeah, and you seem to have a good relationship to the secret group guys. I do. Yeah, Andrew's here all weekend. It doesn't uh, seem like a we're competing for scraps kind of feel. Well, it's I, like I keep telling them, and and they seem to have the same mentality that if if we can if we can build more awareness that comedy is something to do, if we can you know that this is something people can do with their discretionary income and their discretionary time, then we all win. Yeah. As long as it's well produced. Yeah. So you know, uh, a rising tide lifts all boats kind of situation. Yeah, I mean the space here is quite cool. Uh, like the this, especially the shows we've done up here on the second floor. So been, fun up here, isn't they've it? They've been so good. I love this room. It has, I mean, it's that great thing of like it's a it's a low ceiling room. The, the laughs just like stay. Like it's it feels really good. It's a great room, and, and, and I don't think you have you ever done this room before. No, no, no. Okay, so uh, we we renovated it. In you, I heard that you changed the orientation we of the. Did. Yeah. yeah. So uh, alongside me doing the research with the festivals, I was also going to New York and L.A. and going to comedy rooms mm-hmm. and, and, and some across the country trying to figure out what makes a good room. Because uh, I knew we had the we had, like you mentioned, the low ceilings. I knew we had the elements here. Yeah. But it still wasn't didn't feel right. And it also felt like we could we can get more occupancy up here. Right. And so we almost so it was set up shotgun style, if you will. It was, you know, it was long. The, the, the stage was on um, on, the, on the end wall. And we almost kept it that way. Mm-hmm. Last minute, we're like, "Why wouldn't we put this on the long wall? This is what this is what most comedy clubs have. Let's let's surround as many people around the stage as possible." Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, it paid off. The the room is incredible. And so it's it, like a tangible difference you felt oh when you. Oh my gosh! Yeah, not only that tangible uh, as far as forty more seats. So right. Oh yeah, yeah. The financial difference as well, but. Uh, and then we also added uh, a couple other elements, like we added more speakers to, to drown out the bar noise, to drown out, we, we, you know, strategically place speakers to drown out the noise downstairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we improved, improved the sound. Drown out the noise? Yeah, drown, <laughs> well, oh, well timed. Uh, but no, to drown out the noise. And then uh, we also added new tables, new chairs, uh, an online ordering system where people can order at their table. I was very nervous about that, uh-huh. that what would happen is people go to order and then they would go to a wormhole. They get on, you know, they see their notifications. Right, right, right. And they're like, not the case. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 it's remarkable that it's actually people order and then put their phone down. Yeah. The only th- effect that I have noticed from it is that if I don't warn my headliners that we have that, they think they're looking at yes, yeah. and they get into an awkward interaction that they're going to lose. They're going to look like an asshole because they're like, no, right. I'm just <laughs> they're like the club told me to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so now I've learned to just warn them, like, hey, that this exists. Mm-hmm. It's good for everybody because there's no check drops, and the restaurant told me they're making about twenty percent more profit. So, oh wow, yeah. So you're bringing in headliners like weekend every weekend, and yeah. then um, how in the grand scheme of things, how often are you getting up now? Uh, probably. Five to six times a weekend. Okay. Oh, so it's great. Yeah. So you're. Still- I do a lot of hosting, but I'm I'm also starting to be more generous on myself and give myself some spots because the the host spot versus the actual spot is it's those spots are twenty times better. I think it's a twenty x factor between the feature spot and the, yeah. the host spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. I just and I'm I've gotten good at starting shows just because I've done it so much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but. Uh, now that I've got some younger comics, I'll, I'll anytime I'm down, I'll host any back. show. Yeah, please. Yeah. yeah but yeah. I've got some young, eager comics. 
uh, that that know how to host. And we're very specific about how we want you to host. Oh, wait, let's talk about this because this is a thing. I love hosting. I do too. Um, But a lot of shows that you go to that you're on, let's say, there's someone hosting. And my personal opinion is there's a lot of comics out there that they treat the hosting as like, okay, I'm going to do my six minutes and then go like, y'all ready for a fun night? Like that's the extent of the work that they do as a that's host, correct. right? So what are your thoughts about so I th- hosting? I, I think you're, you're, you're doing two roles. You're an MC, well, three roles, really. MC, host, and comedian. Mm-hmm. So as a host, this is what I think you should be doing. Uh, this is what we do, and it's very effective. The host is, is part of the seating crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, they help people get seated while we're seating people. We're, we're literally walking them to their table. We're having a conversation. First time here, you know, the small talk stuff. Right. And I tell my host, I'm like, look, th- th- this is public. Sp- I'm a, by the way, my background's in public speaking. Uh-huh. <laughs> this, this is called working the room. Yeah. So I'm like, your sets will go better. And if the host set goes better, everybody's sets goes better. Right. You're the one that starts off the show. But then you, cause you've already developed some level of rapport Right. Uh, with those people that you've seated. So that's the, some of the host stuff. And there's more to it than that, you know, going up, then there's the MC uh, side of it, which is like making the five minute announcement on stage, mm-hmm. uh, which is really getting them ready to to laugh, getting some energy going in the room. So, you know, find a way to get some applause. Give it up for your bar staff. We also do a contest where we're giving away some merchandise to try to solicit or uh, uh, Instagram followers, mm-hmm. social media followers and build some brand. Uh, and then, the, of course, the last part is, is comedian. Right. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, I've, they have to execute on all those three things. And there's just a few a few other things that we ask beyond that. You know, obviously tell them where the bathrooms are. Right. You make them do push-ups. Because you're run the treadmill, fitness thing. Right. But <laughs> you check their food journals. But if somebody's on board with that, then they can work here as long as they're fun. They have to be funny too. But yeah, but if this is a host that just thinks that they're, Oh, just I can't host that. If you need the host to be funny, I can't host. <laughs> Sorry. <Yeah. laughs> but if you just think you're just doing the first spot on the show, that's not who we hire here. I think a lot of hosts think that though. Right. I know. Um, yeah. Or it's always the newest person who gets the, who gets their first spot on the show. And it's, it's, it's in Canada. You, you perform in Canada. Or do you know how they do it there? No, no. So and I haven't, I know, yet. I know how they do it in the UK. Yeah. Yeah, which is there. well often the um compare which is what they call the mc there uh-huh. like often the compare is like the most experienced person <laughs> exactly so that's what they do in canada same thing. yeah 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 because they know how to build they know how to do their comedy but still also i think one of those jobs is you have to kind of i heard somebody say it once that like one of your jobs is to get the room to be like one audience 100%. you know unite yeah. them a little bit there's a few things i always kind of try to check off as a uh MC and and one of which is obviously energy. Um, also, I try to eliminate the birthday anniversary. Sometimes, if you uh-huh. don't get that out of the way up top, sometimes they just shout it out in the middle of the show. They need to get that energy out. Right. So you get to do that. You get to do a little. Crowd. So you give a little shout outs to like if this. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And that also demonstrates a little bit of presence, you know. And and it just kind of gets everybody all in it together. And then you have to do at least five minutes of set up punch, set up punch mm-hmm. to get them ready so they don't expect the crowd. Get their work. ears ready, kind of. Yeah, get yeah. them in the in into the mode of comedy. So otherwise they're gonna expect crowd work the whole time and you're not setting up the show for success or your headliner for success. So uh yeah, but anyway, so we take hosting more seriously than most clubs, I would think. And uh, I think that really impacts our shows. Yeah. Uh I mean, I feel like the there's an attention to detail there's an attention to detail that's like present in a lot of the festivals so far. That's I think paid off. Um, so do you have thoughts about next year when someone submits to this festival? Yeah. Um, 
what are some things you would tell that person about like hey when you're sending the tape in here's some things that uh you know hurt people helped people kind of yeah and we had, well one of the things we did yesterday was we had or was it yesterday or the day before it all blends together but we had, yeah. we had we've had these panels uh for comics yeah and we're about to have one right now i'm filming video and we've talked about that what you know what makes a good tape and what are we looking for uh i mean you know for me uh what we did was we had two three of us we did a panel of three and and we tried to you know somebody two people from my staff and and we're just looking for three different uh uh, we're looking at three things we're looking at on your tape uh, your stage presence how comfortable were you on stage as a performer uh we're looking at originality character Mm -hmm. and then lastly we're looking at material yeah how funny are you so those are the three things that we're evaluating when we're when we're doing our we're looking at tape so how'd I get in considering I got zeros on all those categories? <laughs> Your tape was very good. I think it was from the Burbank. From, uh, Burbank, yeah. yeah I remember. Well, also, you all had a thing where there was sort of a staged, uh, like a, in stages kind of. Um, there, it, was, it wasn't like you just sent them out to people like, hey, watch it and give us in a score back. It was sort of like an event kind of thing. It was, yep. So what happened was I had submitted for a festival and I had submitted a YouTube clip unlisted and I got... I had when I sent it out. It you looked at the views. Zero views. <gasps> and when they sent my rejection, it had zero views. Whoa! And I was like, "Wait a minute, you get your money back for this." <laughs> but I was like, "This is something that 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 may, is going on in the industry. There's no transparency. There's no." So we wanted to give that full transparency. And so what we did, uh, for better or for worse, is we uh, set up a server. It, it's it's public, but you had to have the link to get right. there, right? So. Uh, but we, we sent that out to everybody who submitted their tape and said, we're going to be watching your tape and, and other tapes at this time. Uh, and we're going to be judging and we're going to be um, advancing a certain number of these comics on through this this online contest. Mm-hmm. And eventually this online contest will become our national contest uh, quarterfinals at our comedy festival. Right. And then, of course, the quarterfinals became the semifinals, which was yesterday. Yep. And, of course, the semifinals are now the finals, and you are one of those finalists. I'm one of those finalists. Yes. Uh, even 325 though, comics started that journey. I've already gone further than I thought I would go. I'm happy with, uh, you know, it's funny. A lot of people were like, you know, hey, man, really try to win tomorrow. And I was like, I'm really not trying to think about that. Because, actually, you sent out a fun email to me that was like, hey, just go do your thing. Yeah. You, because there are you have to you had to explain the rules of the con. I mean, because it's you know it's a contest and there's real prizes, so you got to be public and transparent about how the contest is run. But in the same email, you were like, you know what? Here's all the rules, but like, don't worry about it. <laughs> you know, I, I always think because we're putting on a show too. Yeah, know? I was like, and you you were being funny last night, real funny. You're just like, what if I just? I already know I'm going to make at least fifty bucks. So what That's if right. I just went up there and just stood there silently, <laughs> just pushed the limit. And we were like, you would get laughs. Watch the clip. <laughs> Watch the clock. Just count up. <laughs> You would get awkward laughs. You would, yeah. But yeah. Um. So, give me a vision for this festival five years from now. Yeah, great question. So I was, uh, I, I had a venue in mind because this. We're, we're, so what we're gonna do next year? For, let me, me kind of go year at a time. So next year we're gonna do this exact thing and just get better at it because mm-hmm. we know how to do it. Uh, the year after that, I think we're at a point where we're gonna we're gonna be too big for this space mm-hmm. and so got um, satellite satellite campuses going on and so not like that no oh no no i i want to keep this festival feel so we're looking to move it somewhere where we can still have because all that hangout 
Yes. Thing, yeah. I think it's important. Yeah. You, you said it was. My sister it was like, hey, they have couches we can sit on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's cool. I don't know if you've been to Edinburgh Fringe. I would love. I can't wait to, but I have not. You should go because what's what's pretty interesting is that you've re- recreated some of the like best feel of fringe stuff. So a lot of fringe venues have like beer gardens that people hang out. That's right. Food stalls, and then you walk to venues and stuff like that, and that's what I love about this. So. Me too. Uh, the, the the shitty part about Houston, as you probably know, is there's not it's not a walkable city, so there's not there's very few places I could really pull this off. So okay. But, so you need a bigger spot, but you still need that centrality of being able to. Yeah. And I have a great venue, but I think it's in the wrong direction. Uh, and that, I mean, you know, our, our Katie club is, which is, which is scheduled. It's to, in channel view. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad, but uh, it's, well, it's, it's Northeast, which is kind of entrance up there, right. but, but our next club's in Katie, which is West. And we probably want to find somewhere that splits the difference. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. So we're just going to be on a search, you know, in the next, once I find my Katie location, then we're going to be on the search for the next festival location. And that may be, you know, two, three years out. I just take over Lakewood Church, I think. Yeah. 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 I mean, it used to be the summit. Just to yeah. make it a. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. I mean, you know, we'll, find, we'll figure it out, but I, we're going to find a place where we can continue to do that vibe. I, I think we've got something here. Yeah. Um, now that also said like Montrose is the right kind of a neat place to do this oh yeah i'm i'm I'm, you know all that to say who knows where it'll be but i know that we're gonna outgrow this space uh with this if we stay on this trajectory within the next probably three years wow i can't wait to i can't wait to be there hosting the uh 1 a.m gay asian show yes (laughs) yeah Yeah. the asians uh yeah man i you know if you win this thing man we gotta have you back you gotta you you gotta be well yeah i'm only allowed back if i win by the way that that's specific (laughs) in the rule if i don't win the contest today i can't even come i can't come back to houston (laughs) i mean gosh we gotta have you back you killed last night in the comedy room i can't i gotta remind me to get you that tape oh yeah yeah. for that tape oh yeah that was super that whole show was great yeah like that was my first time seeing jc correa's live oh gosh yeah who was amazing he's there's nobody like him and then caleb signing closed i love Such him a sweet guy and so funny actually one thing i really learned from him was like i had a lot of energy on stage jc has so much energy on stage and caleb who was the headliner didn't try to like match us like right. he didn't his try to, he's like i have my own thing and it's like he's got 30 minutes so his first five minutes was sort of like y'all are gonna get on my rhythm yep. and i'm not coming to you like this is how the rest of this is gonna go and we did totally but that was really impressive to me because it was like, I'm the headliner. Like this show is coming to my terms yep. and not the other way around. And he did it in a really fun way too. He's like, you're going to Houston. He's like, Houston, <laughs> right. nobody knows what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Houston is basically like Houston has a reputation, but no one can say what it is. And everyone's like, <laughs> 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 That's so yeah. funny. Uh, well, Brian, thanks so much for having me at the festival. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Thanks for doing the podcast. Uh, this is going to be bigger than South by Southwest in a couple of years. Man, I hope so. No, you know, I, I look at things like Laughing Skull and the success that that's had in, in the comedy, you know, at least in comedy circles, and I'm like, there's no reason that we can't get to where they where they are. And there's uh, absolutely no reason why Houston cannot sustain a big event. Right. Right. There's, there's no reason. Exactly. Um, uh, well, that might kill my staff because we're all dying. To, day four, we're all just like, ugh, yeah, zombies, yeah, yeah. You know, but but part of it is I the the only reason you couldn't. I mean, the only. I mean, not the only, but one of the only challenges is just like getting Houstonians to like. The, the, getting the message across that it exists and that it's a fun thing to do. We've hit but, that first hurdle yeah. by, by doing this and, and, and getting in Drew Jordan, my, one of my uh, partners, uh, 
Yeah, I see him uh, with yeah, he's with shooting some great video. And, yeah, and that's the whole idea, right? Get that be real, and then next year it's not so much of me trying to explain that we have a tent, but here is this this structure, right? And here is this vibe that we have. Right. You want to be a part of it. Uh, it's the thing of like this is happening. If you're cool, you'll come, right. but it's going to happen without your. You know, like we already did it, so yeah. we're going to do it again, and you know, you should be there. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So thanks for being a part of it and helping make it special. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. And thanks for doing the uh, interview. Uh, now, uh, Brian and I are going to go run a, a 10K. Uh, and then <laughs> you probably would do it. You probably would like, go. let's go run around Memorial Park <laughs> while I like uh, I die and I miss the finals. All right. Thanks, Brian, so much. All right. That was my interview with Brian Gendron from the Riot Comedy festival in houston texas okay so i'm uh just gonna update you uh i won <laughs> i won the comedy competition you know what it was a pretty big deal pretty big deal in my life i won twenty five hundred dollars <laughs> hey you know i'm very proud of myself uh, i worked really hard um but actually i'm most proud of myself because i went through the preliminary rounds the semifinals the quarterfinals and the finals and i'm most proud of myself because i really tried to always try to have fun in the sets i changed up my material for each of the sets i went in with like a loose plan of how to go about the sets but i and i had ideas about things i would talk about but i didn't have them tightly scripted i was very present in the moment uh, you know, to the best of my ability. And I, I'm just proud of that. Like, I'm proud that I didn't really try to game the contest in any really, like, calculated way. And then I, I know a lot of my energy in the weekend, and I know if anyone talked to me at the festival that this is what I was saying. But it was really me telling myself a lot. Um, so this was a sort of a balanced conflict within myself right but a lot of my energy of the weekend was just basically telling other people and myself that like hey i'm not trying to i'm not trying to worry too much about winning i just want to go out there and have a good time and, and i know on a certain level that that functions as a sort of defense mechanism against trying to worry about the contest you know what i mean like it's it, it's kind of a self-con in a way because it's just such a it's really hard not to think about winning when you're in a situation like this, when there's this entire framework built around the concept of we are evaluating a subjective art form and deciding who are winners and who are losers. So I think I managed that as well as I could. I never completely got it out of my mind, but I do think that I got it out of my mind at maybe one of the more important spots, which was like on stage. I think I got it out of my mind. So I'm proud of myself for that. And, um, I really was okay with whatever was going to happen. I mean, I'm glad I won, obviously. But I was actually really happy to be in the finals with Joe Weiner, Mason James, Ryan Thomas. Those were the other three comics in the finals. And I, I was really grateful to be able to see them work and to meet them. Like, they're all really cool. Um, and I can't wait to work with them again. So um, I guess I owe them a round of drinks next time I see them. Anyway, that's the big up. That's the, that's the, I'm stuttering because I'm I'm like dead on my feet. But that's the big update. Uh, I won the contest. I'm back in Houston now. I have started full time at my software engineering job as of today, Monday. Um, so lots of stuff going on. Actually, if you hear this sometime soon, a new episode of Dirty Laundry on Dropout 
the comedy, what used to be called humor, it's now called Dropout. I saw my face in a thumbnail for that show, so I think maybe I'm in tomorrow's episode, but, uh, you know, check it out. <laughs> and uh, hopefully I'll get a video of some of the sets I did at the Riot Comedy Festival. I want to post some of those so that y'all can see that. So anyway, have a great week. Um, I hope you have a good one. I hope you are as, uh, you know, I hope you're actually better rested than I am when you hear this. I hope you're having a good day. I hope you have a good uh, life. I don't know. I'm rambling at this point. Look, I'll see you next episode and you'll be hearing from me very soon. You've been listening to The Chris Grace Show. Today's episode was barely edited at all because I just posted it right after getting home from Houston, Texas. Uh, but normally this show is edited by Eric Michaud. It's produced by Chris Grace. The opening number is Easy Cooking by Boom Opera and this is Chinese Hip Hop by Alexander Rufire. You can write me at podcast at chrisgrace.com or join the community at club.chrisgrace.com where you can talk to me, you can talk to other people that listen to the show, we can talk about the episodes or really anything else. Actually, I would love to talk to you about your projects, things that you're working on at club.chrisgrace.com. Please check us out there. Uh, In the meantime, this is the Chris Grace Show. I'm your host, Chris Grace. Thank you for listening. See ya.